as we were driving to worship services this morning, we were just talking about how fast the year is going. Uh, this week will be in the month of June. The year will be about halfway over. If you remember, at the end of December, at the beginning of January, we launched our theme for the congregation this year called Arise and Build. The shepherds shared some passages from the Word of God. I, I shared some things as well. We looked at the book of Nehemiah and how Nehemiah and the Israelites rebuilt the wall in 52 days. Our theme has been designed to encourage us and to motivate us to arise and build. We spent three months at the beginning of this year really talking about our families. We've had sermons and Bible classes or a Bible class dealing with our family. And now these last couple of months, we've been spending some time looking at evangelism. Now is the time for us to arise and build when it comes to evangelism. I think most of you guys know that I try to be passionate about evangelism. That's something very important to me. I know that it's really important to so many of you as well. As we've been talking about evangelism, I want to, again, talk a little bit about evangelism this morning. I've done some sermons throughout the last year uh, dealing look, or looking at evangelism, talked about unexpected conversions in the book of Acts. We've looked at how individuals have been saved and how fast we want this congregation to grow. We talked about 52 days or 40 years looking at the examples of the Israelites. There have been other studies that we have uh, dived into as well, whether looking at John chapter 4 and the parable of the sower. And just there's so many different things for us to talk about when it comes to reaching the lost. This morning for a few minutes, I want to go down a different path, if you will, and, and talk about a mindset, an attitude that I think is important as we think about reaching the lost. And even some circumstances that we may find ourselves in where we may not always think about evangelism. I want to begin by first sharing or talking to you about a, a brother in Christ. Uh, I view him really as a mentor. I've known him now for at least a decade. Uh, yeah, I've known him for a decade now. And he's had a huge influence upon me when it comes to evangelism. Not necessarily because of how he's able to answer questions that people have. Not because he's uh, able to go quickly to different Bible verses and things like that. But one of the most important things or most impressive things that this brother has, has shown me and has helped me out with has been his mindset. The mindset of sowing the seed even in the midst of suffering. This brother in Christ has suffered for a number of years. He has had a variety of physical ailments, heart issues, been in and out of the hospital, family issues for a number of years, and yet through it all, or at least at what I've been able to see through him, he has not allowed his sorrow to get in the way of sowing the seed. And I've got to tell you, it's really impressive. Now, I understand as we've been studying from the book of Ecclesiastes that there's a time for everything. There's a time to mourn. There's a time for everything. And while we go through difficulties in life, this brother in Christ has taught me something I think is really important when it comes to evangelism. And you might describe it as maybe an uncommon response to suffering. He has endured a great deal of suffering in his life. And yet he has responded in a unique way, an unusual way, and that his mind still stays on evangelism. Or he's still thinking about others and saving others. He's not the only one that has had this mindset. I know, I'm sure you guys know of others who have had this mindset. I'm sure many of you have this mindset as well. We actually find men and women in the Word of God who also had this mindset. Will you turn with me to Acts chapter 7? 
We're going to be reading from the book of Acts later on this year in our daily Bible reading. And there are some powerful examples, powerful stories where you find individuals who found themselves in the middle of intense persecution, intense suffering, yet they were still thinking about doing the will of God. What I really want us to focus on for a few minutes this morning is really considering and asking ourselves, is this the mindset that we have? Many of us may be going through some difficult days at this very moment. Do we have this mindset or this attitude or disposition where we're still thinking about and are concerned about doing the work of God? Now, many of you may be familiar with what we read about in Acts chapter 7, where Stephen, Stephen was one of the seven men appointed back in Acts chapter 6. We find the death of Stephen at the end of Acts chapter 7. And it was brutal and it was bloody. In Acts chapter 7 and verse 54, the Bible says, Now when they heard this, as Stephen had talked to the Jews about Christ, they were cut to the quick and they began gnashing their teeth at him. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. Stephen died teaching the truth, proclaiming the word of God. And it was not fair what happened to Stephen. And yet he stood firm on God's word. And one of the things that's so impressive about Stephen is that he was still thinking about others, even in the midst of dying. Even during, during this difficult situation that he faced, death, he still was thinking about others. But I want to continue on in Acts chapter 8 because the Bible helps us to see that there were other Christians that even in the midst of suffering, their minds were still focused on doing God's work. That's hard to do. I told Nikki what I was going to talk about this morning. She said, that's easy to say. It rolls right off our, our lips fairly easy. But it's really difficult for us to really have this attitude that I'm still going to focus on doing God's will even when things in my life are in disarray. Even when things in my life are not lining up the way that I may want them to be. The Bible says in Acts 8 and verse 1, Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. But Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house. And dragging off men and women, he would put them in prison. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. I want you to really take a minute to think about that. We've read these verses before. These individuals went about preaching the word. Their lives have changed. Not for the better, but for the worse. And yet their mindset is, we're going to go out and we're going to continue to proclaim God's message. See, they kept their evangelistic spirit. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. And they did not allow their sorrow to stop them from sowing the seed. Now, it didn't mean that they weren't sorrowful with what had taken place. We already saw that. That there was a period of time where they mourned 
about what happened with Stephen. And yet what we find here is that the work of God still would not be hindered. They responded by talking about Jesus. And brothers and sisters, that is really impressive to me. And we know others, I'm sure, that have, have had the same mindset as well. I want to talk for just a moment about responding, even, even in the midst of suffering, by having this mindset of still considering others, of reaching out to others to, to reach and to save the lost. It's an unusual response to suffering. Thinking about the sermons I've already done this year, I've had unusual in a lot of my titles, which is a little bit unusual as well. I think I can make a whole series of lessons based off of unusual things based off of the sermons that I've done. But I want you to really consider for a moment, it really is unusual for people to respond in this manner. Wouldn't you agree that when you're going through something really difficult in life and yet you're still thinking about other individuals, you're still thinking about the need that so many other individuals have, this is a mindset that we really need to have. We see that this is what so many Christians in the first century had. I believe there are some benefits that will help us, even in the midst of our suffering, when we consider having this mindset of evangelism. And I want to share with you not only benefits for you and for me, but also benefits for people in the world. First of all, when we think about this idea of responding with evangelism, even in the midst of suffering, as we think about how this might benefit us by sharing the gospel with others, one of the most important things that it will do, it's going to help us to focus on God. It's going to help us to focus on his power and not so much on our problems. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I don't know what everyone is going through. God does. And certainly everyone has their story. Everyone has difficult situations that they face. And I can only imagine some of the pain that many people experience. But when problems arise, it can be very easy to turn inward, to look at ourselves, to focus only on ourselves and our problems. But the reality is we all face struggles. We all have difficult days. We all are going to have challenges in our lives. And yet challenges, if not careful, can cause us to have a selfish attitude where we no longer even consider others around us, but we're just so focused upon ourselves. And again, I want you to notice in Acts chapter 8, these brethren had challenges. They were leaving. They were being scattered about. Their lives have have been turned upside down. It doesn't get much worse than that where you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's coming for you. You don't know when things are going to be at peace or there's going to be turmoil. And yet what we find here is that they were scattered. And despite being scattered, they went about preaching the word of God. But it wasn't only them. You think about Philip later on in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, we find Philip who went down to Samaria. In verse number 6, the crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which, was, which he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city. We think about Philip, and we can look at these men and the word of God who did great things and think, man, they just had it all put together. But remember, Philip also had lost someone too. He had lost Stephen. He had lost someone close to him when Stephen died. He was one of those men that was appointed back in Acts chapter 6. And yet, Philip recognized there was still work to be done. There was work to be done for God. There was work to be done for the kingdom of God. And that's exactly what he did. 
We all are going to face challenges. We all are going to face difficult days. We all are going to suffer in some form, in some shape in this life. The question then becomes, how are we going to respond? We've done sermons, and we've talked about the problem of suffering. You remember last year when we gathered up all those Bible questions from our friends and neighbors and other individuals? One of the top Bible questions that people had was with the problem of suffering. It's a, it's a problem that will not go away. We see how Job suffered and how Paul suffered and how so many others suffered. And yet, what we find in the first century, so many of these Christians responded by sharing the gospel with others. And that's a powerful mindset, a powerful attitude that we need to make sure that we have. Where our mind is still shifted to do his work, his will, and his way, even when times get tough. You see, tough times have a way of making us forget about God and making us forget about the great work that he has. I've used this verse numerous times, but I want to go back to it. I talked about it this morning in our Bible class in Acts chapter 18. And remember in Acts chapter 18, these men that we read about, these men and women we read about in the Bible, look, they had the same challenges just like we have. They weren't immune to not having problems or doubts or concerns or things like that. And even the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 18 and verse number 8, the Bible says, Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all of his household. And many of the Corinthians, when they heard, were believing and were and being baptized. And the Lord said to Paul in the night by a vision, Do not be afraid any longer, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you. And no man will attack you in order to harm you, for I have many people in this city. Paul needed to be, Paul needed to be reminded that God was with him. Paul endured intense suffering and persecution all throughout his ministry. And even Paul needed to be reminded that things were going to work out, things would be okay. There was still work for him to do. But it wasn't just Paul. We find that Paul, he responded in the midst of suffering by still doing the work of God. Peter and John, remember back in Acts chapter 4, really Acts chapter 3, 4, and 5 are a unit where Peter and John healed a man at the temple. In Acts chapter 4, we find that they would now face persecution. In Acts chapter 4, in verse number In verse number 13, the Bible says, Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. But when they had ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another. These men knew that they couldn't stop Peter and John. They knew that what they were performing had been a a genuine miracle. And so they would try to intimidate them. And this is what we find even in Acts chapter 5, where they were flogged in Acts chapter 5 and verse number 40. The Bible says they took, this, took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and then released them. Don't say any more about the Christ. They beat them. This is not just some insignificant event that took place. This is something very easy for us just to read past, but think about the impact that would have upon a person when you're beaten for the cause of Christ. Yet what do we find in verse 41? So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. I'm tempted to say that's an unusual response to suffering, but the more I read in the Bible, that's not unusual at all. That's how so many Christians responded. It may be unusual for some of us, 
because the very idea of suffering for the cause of Christ, it may not feel like it's even worth it. But in the first century, this was not unusual. This is how they responded. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Their lives were not perfect. Things were not lining up exactly the way they may have wanted it to, but yet their minds were still focused on doing God's will. You see that? Their minds were still focused. And one of the benefits for us, the more we focus on God's power, the less, the smaller our problems will become. And this is a great reason for us to stay focused on doing the work of God even when life becomes challenging. Peter and John and the others, they stayed focused on doing the work of God. You know what happened? Doors continued to be open. Prayers were heard. Souls were saved. In the midst of fear, attacks, setbacks, they still kept their focus on the power of God. God was with them. They were successful. It's very easy for us to have doubts running through our minds. Evangelism is not just some thing we talk about one quarter of the year, however. It's not just limited to a Bible class. It's not limited to just one person. It's for all of us. Go and make disciples. And we go and make disciples even when the challenging, even when the life, even when life becomes challenging. We go and make disciples even when our days get tough. And when we have these doubts in our minds, we must drive those doubts and those fears away. And one of the best things I think we can do is talk about Jesus. The more you talk about Jesus and his power, the more you talk about his miracles and what he has done, his power, his rule, his church. We talked about the power of God this morning as we sang these songs, remembering who our God is. He is our rock. He is our shield. The more our mind is focused upon him, the less our problems will truly become. And one of the great ways to do this is by sharing the gospel with others. This is an unusual response to suffering, but it's a response that I think we need to have. Another benefit for us, the more we talk about God, the more we talk about Christ, even when our lives are challenging or difficult, the more it's going to help us to remember our true purpose. I love the story of Elijah, and we've talked about Elijah as well. Elijah just needed to have the right perspective. He needed to remember that he still had purpose in his life. God helped him to remember that. In Romans, we read about how Paul spoke about how Elijah received this divine response from God. And that's what we need to be reminded of and receive as well. We need to hear from God through his word and remember that, indeed, our lives have purpose. Our text in Acts chapter 8 reminds us that these saints in the first century, they knew what their mission was. They knew what their mission was. Even when they were scattered, even when their homes or where they lived changed, they knew what their mission was. Despite the horrific murder of Stephen, they remembered to focus on God. They remembered their ultimate purpose. They were on a mission. So are we. We all are going to face challenges. We could probably all speak and we could talk about all the difficult days. And certainly I'm not trying to diminish anything that anyone is going through. And yet through it all, my friends, we still need to remain focused on doing the work of God. Now, again, as Nikki said this morning driving here, that's very easy to say, but it's hard to do. But from these verses here and from other brethren that we have seen, it's possible for us to do. We can do this. This is an unusual response, but it's one that will provide us with great benefit. It will not only benefit us, but obviously it's going to benefit people in the world. And let me tell you why. Number one, 
as we focus more on doing the work of God, even when our lives become challenging, you know what we're going to be able to provide people with? Hope. This is what people need. There are people who are scattered, scattered without a shepherd. Jesus reminded his audience, reminded his disciples rather, in the Gospel of Mark. Look over in Mark chapter, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter nine, and Matthew chapter nine and verse number thirty-five. Jesus remind, uh, reminded them. He reminds us just how important the work that we're doing here really is. Just how important you are to him and to his kingdom. Just how important we all are to doing God's work. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 35, the Bible says Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, a harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. There are people who are willing and waiting for us to share the word of God with them, to respond to the gospel message. But for us, we're going to have to have that courage, the zeal, the passion, even when our days become difficult, to still stay focused on doing God's work. There are people who are distressed. There are people who are dispirited. There are people who are lost. And we need to remember that there are people who are not prepared to die. They're not prepared to, to, to stand before God on Judgment Day. We have an opportunity to help them. One of the biggest things that we will be able to provide, or the biggest thing, is salvation in Christ. Give them true hope. There are people who are hurting, and they need to know where they can turn to even in the midst of suffering. You see, this is why this is so powerful for us. When we have this mindset, and how others will be able to see how we respond to difficult days, when we respond the right way, when we respond with faith, our faith has to stand for something. We don't just talk about our faith. It has to be, has to be put into action. And people have to be able to see that, listen, we are truly trusting in God, even when our days become challenging. So many people don't know where to turn to. People turn to drugs. They turn to sex. They turn to to other people. They turn to their careers. And yet they don't turn to God. We have the solution. Even when our days are not act, are perfect, we are the ones that can help them out. Earlier this year, I did a lesson. I want to go back to a lesson that I presented from Acts chapter 16. You remember the story in Acts chapter 16? We talked about this, but it's such a powerful point because Acts chapter 16 helps us to see a couple of things. Number one, there are people out there who need direction. Number two, there are people out there who are willing to listen and respond if given a chance. Number three, we must take action. And number four, we got to look beyond our circumstances and see the real need that is there. And verse number 25 of Acts 16, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Think about that for a moment. He had no more hope. He's about to commit, he's about to, he's about to commit suicide. He's about to kill himself supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But 
Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself for we are all here. See, Paul had that mindset. Paul had been beaten. Silas had been beaten. And yet they're singing praises to God at midnight. Is it possible to have this mindset? You better believe that it is. Not only is it possible, but there's great benefit for us and for others. Because Paul had this mindset. The jailer, he came in, the Bible says, and he called for lights in verse 29 and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds and immediately was baptized, he and all his household. Think about that for a moment. Two individuals, Paul and Silas, had an impact not just on one person, but an entire family, an entire family. Even though they were suffering, even though their circumstances were not the best, they had an entire impact on an entire, on an entire family. That's power right there, power of the gospel and the courage and the faith to share the good news of Jesus with a person who was in need. This man was in need. And that's not the only example that we can find. We find the church in Thessalonica in Acts chapter 17. They began, that church began with persecution. They were a young congregation. Yet by the time we get to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, their faith is, being, is known by so many. Even in the midst of suffering, their mindset was, we still have work to do. Brothers and sisters, this is the mindset that we really need to have. This is the mindset that will help others come to know who Jesus Christ is. We will be able to give the world hope and we'll be able to show the world God's power. That there is something unique being a Christian. That our faith is not in vain. That there is something firm and stable for us to stand upon even when the days become tough. It can be very easy for our zeal, our passion, and our fire to spread the good news to be doused, to be drained by marital problems, by children issues, by church issues, by sin. But through it all, we still have work to do. We must continue to talk about the good news of Jesus. Do we really believe in the power of the gospel? That's a question we've got to continue to ask ourselves. Zach talked about that this morning. It is of first importance, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do we really believe that? Are we really willing to share the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's what it's all about. For others to see what our faith is all about. For others to see what is of first importance to you and to me. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. For the saints in the first century, that was of first importance. That's what they talked about all the time. Over and over again whether they were in prison, whether they're being beaten, whether their possessions have been taken. They're talking about the good news of Jesus. This is the mindset that we must have. Now, the title is called An Uncommon Response to Suffering, about evangelism and talking to people. But I think the next time I talk about this, I need to change this. This is a very common response to suffering because this is what we find all throughout the Word of God. Let's make sure that people see the same response from us, even when we find ourselves in the midst of suffering. It will benefit us, and it will benefit others. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but God does. 
He knows what you're going through. He sees your pain. He sees your tears. He sees your frustrations. He also wants you to work, and he wants me to work through it all. There are many people out there who are dispirited and disheartened, and they're lost. They don't have Christ in their life. They're not serving him. Our responsibility is to go and make disciples. And even in the toughest of times, we can still be successful. This is the mindset, though, that it will take for us to be successful. Let's continue to focus on doing the work of God. If you're not a child of God, we want to encourage you to become a Christian. I don't know what you're going through either. But if you don't have Christ in your life, you're missing the one thing you need. The biggest problem we all have is sin. Jesus came to deliver us from the bondage of sin. Have you been delivered from the bondage of sin? Have you been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ? If you haven't, we want to encourage you to do so. We've had individuals this year who have put on Christ by believing he is indeed Jesus. He is the Christ, the son of the living God that he lived on this earth, that he lived a sinless life, that he died for the sin of the world, and he rose again from the grave on the first day of the week. You need to believe that. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. That's what the Bible teaches. We don't want to rush through this. Do you believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Have you been baptized, immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins? If you haven't, you're not saved. That's what the Bible teaches. We want to encourage you to do so. You need Christ. You need the salvation that he can provide. If you're subject to the invitation, we'd love to help you out today. Come forward now as we stand and as we sing.